What's going on? And welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope everyone had a great weekend. The Pelicans certainly did on Sunday. Tough go on Saturday against the Spurs, but a come from behind win for the Pelicans last night over the Lakers, 116 to 108, down 23. Come all the way back and take down a team that you're battling for a play on playing position as the Pelicans jump to ninth in the NBA Western Conference standing. To help us recap what happened last night and to preview the final seven games of the season, we welcome in Ollie Cosell, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights, covering the New Orleans Pelicans for SB Nation. Ollie, I appreciate the time. What an atmosphere yesterday inside the Smoothie King Center. I know you were there. What, what, what did it feel like in there, especially in that second half? Electric. There's yeah. so much energy running through the crowd even before the game started. Right. Even Willie Green mentioned it when they announced the Lakers starting lineup, all the boos that rained down. And I'll tell you what, there's a, there were a lot of Laker fans there, but you couldn't hear them. So that was fantastic. And honestly, I can't remember the Smoothie King Center being that loud since I want to say the 2018 playoffs. So it definitely had that playoff atmosphere. And it makes sense. Right. These are meaningful games for the Pelicans. This is something that we wanted to see since the New Orleans draft design Williamson. And now they don't have them, hasn't even played a single minute, but yet the team has really been playing well. They've been trending upwards ever since day one. And that culmination has led to fan interest, right, growing. And I think we saw that last night. I mean, that was special, Daniel. And I hope we get to enjoy a few more moments like that before the season's over. Yeah, I certainly would like to see that in the final couple of games uh, before hopefully a play-in game uh, for the Pelicans. We talk about post-All-Star break, there's been so many big wins for New Orleans. That first came out of the All-Star break against the Suns. We say that was the best one of the year. Then they come and do it again against the Utah Jazz at home, beat the by 30-plus points. People say that might be the best one of the year. They've had a couple of these, but does last night take the cake as the best win of the season so far for New Orleans, whether it's based on importance or just based on the opponent and based on how they did it? I think it's all the above, so I would say yes. Look, New Orleans losing that game to San Antonio on Saturday when you felt like it was right there within their grasp. And boy, that would have probably cemented, you know, the play-in tournament because it would have knocked the Spurs way below New Orleans in the standings because they would have also owned the tiebreaker. It didn't happen. So there was so much importance placed on last night's game against the Lakers. And with it being the Lakers, as everybody that's ever followed New Orleans basketball knows, that's probably the most hated rival simply because of, Anthony Davis leaving for uh, wanting to leave for L.A. And then there's been a few other things. So wanting to beat the Lakers, needing this game for the standings and that, you know, that atmosphere of last night, it, it just all combined to honestly make it just feel like easily the best game of the year and the biggest win. Absolutely. So let's kind of break it down as far as you got Brandon Ingram back after missing the last 10 games with hamstring soreness. He actually leads the team in scoring with 26. Jonas with his 48 double-double the season. We know what he can do. CJ just 18 points, battling an ankle injury. But let's talk about Trey Murphy for a second, his evolution throughout the season. This is a guy that's had a lot of ups and downs so far, had some uh, games in the G League, guy that was out of the rotation. Now he seems like he solidified himself in the rotation a little bit and puts up 21 points in the biggest win of the season. What have you seen from Trey, not only about – his attitude and his approach during all this, but what do you see from him on the court that's led to his improvement? I think the most important thing for him is confidence. You know, he was getting some run early in the season, but I didn't see that confidence. And I thought Willie Green made the smart decision, honestly, to 
pull him from the rotation because it looked like he was almost playing hot potato with a basketball when he would catch and he wasn't open. Of course, what, what what's his best skill? Shooting the ball. So if he wasn't open, he wanted to get rid of it. He just didn't have the confidence to make a play or put the ball on the ground. But now there's no such evidence of that. And since I want to say early March, about the ninth, He's been a regular in a rotation, and he's been an important piece even before last night's game um, with his timely, you know, spacing of the floor because he, he's just a flat-out knockdown shooter. But I'll tell you what, he's doing more than that, right? Defensively, with his length, he's made a difference on several plays defensively, whether it comes up uh, with a steal or a block. And also, I think the rebounding, that's probably been the biggest key, and we saw that again last night, right? That offensive putback that basically blew the dome off of the – or, or the, the lid off of the Smoothie King Center – and there's been other moments like that where he comes up with, say, two or three offensive rebounds that leads to something positive. So, yeah, Trey Murphy's been as as big of a piece for Willie Green as anybody off of that bench um, over this, like, last, say, month or so. It just shows the type of rookie class this Pelicans team has between him, Jose Alvarado, getting his new deal, which will be official today. And then you have Herbert Jones with a career-high six steals I don't think a lot of people talked about that last night as far as what he was able to do defensively. But, man, this rookie class is turning into one of the better ones that the Pelicans have had. Easily. Um, and when you think about in past history, what jumps to mind for me is the year they drafted Darren Collison and um, Marcus Thornton. And that was pretty much the highlight of that season, right, where Chris Paul was mostly out with injury. And what Pelicans fans hung their hat on was, of course, the play of those two rookies, right? Giving you hope for the future, but better things were to come. But I'll tell you what, what this rookie class is doing, I think far outweighs what we saw with those two guys, simply because you feel like this is actually something sustainable to where defensively they're bringing the best defense you see across the entire NBA, right? Herb Jones, he's been talked about of being an all-NBA defensive player as a rookie. That's, that's really unheard of. And then, honestly, Jose Alvarado makes a similar impact in most games. And it, it shows up in his steal rate, his tenacity, you name it. They, they pester the heck out of their opponents. And then when you, of course, throw in Trey's recent contributions, suddenly Willie Green's got his choice of three rookies to go to. And he's been going to them down the stretch of important games of closing minutes. So it goes to show just how much he, honestly, has faith in these guys and, honestly, how far they've come. So it, it's been a great revelation. There's been so many positive things, Daniel, this season, but that's easily probably one of the top five, right? How these rookies, where they started and how far they've come, and honestly, how much they're helping in all these victories of late. You talk about Willie Green, and you're at practice every day. You're at every game. You kind of sense you see these guys around each other after practice is over, one working, but one also the bond that they have with one another. What have you seen as far as the culture that Willie Green has been able to to bring to this team, just seeing how these guys have come together easily could have faltered after a one and 12 start three and 16, just said, pack it up. We'll just see how these guys develop and go from there. But this is a team that has gone from one and 12 to now on the inside of a playing spot. It's the most important development of this season, I think. So you see in the standings, right? They are well below 500 at 32 and 43. But as you mentioned, where they've come from and the fact that they've always stayed together. And in past years, this wasn't always the case. I remember a lot of heads hanging kind of low when the Pelicans set that uh, franchise record 13 straight losses. But there was no such evidence uh, of their 1-12 start. 
And I think that's a true testament to what Willie Green was able to establish already, that connection with his players and in the locker room itself, not to have any kind of disharmony or anything like that. So when things did start to turn the corner, then you really saw this group start to enjoy just playing basketball. And it didn't matter really honestly whether they won or lost. You could still see that atmosphere, that good atmosphere, right? Within games, these guys are high five and yelling for one another. Uh, before and after games, all they want to do is spend time together, as you know, Daniel, because you also travel with the team. But I've never seen a group like this. And this was told to me by a lot of people around the team, even in training camp, that they've never seen such a group of 15 in the locker room so close together. And now it's honestly just showing, right, in the way they're winning some of these games and how they've handled all this adversity. And that honestly goes to the culture, as we as we first started talking about, of what Willie Green has established here. So this is something you can honestly build on. This is something that they needed to do, build a foundation, right, for where you have momentum to have sustainable success. And now that you've developed a culture of working hard, of giving it your all, and but playing together as a unit and, and just literally trying to check off every detail, this is something we haven't seen in years. Absolutely. When you talk about this team, and I think maybe on Wednesday, if you can get Larry Nance back, this is as healthy as you're going to be throughout the rest of the season with Kyra Lewis Jr. and Zion Williamson being the only two out. How does this team stack up as far as depth when you're able to add the Larry Nance back into the lineup? Now Willie Green's going to have to figure out how to play all these people because the way these guys are playing, I think there's going to be some people that deserve spots for rotation but might be on the outside looking in. Yeah, exactly. So with Larry Nance, you have a fourth big that's deserving of minutes. So maybe Billy Hernan Gomez gets knocked out, unfortunately. Same thing could be said of either Najee Marshall um, or maybe another wing player off the bench once uh, once everybody's truly healthy. And that's 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 a good problem to have, as I know any coach would say in the league, right? But for the players, they, of course, want to play. But this is something we haven't seen here in New Orleans either, right? Especially since David Griffin came to town. Depth was always an issue when in Zion's rookie class, right? Or rookie season, when he uh, when the season began, both he and Derek Favors missed a lot of time and there really wasn't anybody behind them, right? To sustain, fill up, soak up the minutes. And that was kind of the issue last year as well, where there just wasn't enough depth, right? Behind the main guys. This year, there's no such problem because a lot of these young guys, they've suddenly taken that important developmental step, right? Now suddenly Jackson Hayes is very serviceable to where he, he's earned his starting job. Same thing can be said of these rookies. They, from where they started this season to where they are now, Willie Green has no issues playing Herb over 30 minutes a game. Trey over 20, same thing with Jose. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's a great problem to have. And I'll tell you what, this, this is turning into just something special because we're seeing this growth with this young team that's come together and it's culminating towards a play and run and a postseason, right? We have wanted to see something beyond a regular season, something to play for, meaningful games over the last month or so. Now they're doing it and they're, they're on a precipice, right? Of having at least a playing tournament, possibly hosting it at home. Absolutely. Let's talk about these uh, final seven games and the Pelicans, where they are in the standings, a half game ahead of the Lakers. Lakers now just one game ahead of the Spurs. The Spurs own the tiebreaker over them. So there's a decent chance the Lakers could be on the outside when these next couple of weeks finish wrap up for the regular season. Look at the Lakers schedule. They're on the road here for the next couple of games and the Pelicans will have a rest advantage on them on Friday as they will wrap up a road trip against the Jazz on Thursday. I know the Spurs had the tiebreaker, and I know that was a tough loss. Are you more concerned right now about the Lakers or the Spurs as far as 
if one of these teams keeps the Pelicans out of it, which team might it be? Yeah, you've got to think it would be the Spurs. They're trending upwards. Their schedule's not as difficult as the Lakers. And honestly, Coach Pop teams, they, they always somehow prove to be a thorn in usually the New Orleans uh, side almost every season. Somehow, one way or another, right? Whether it's on the court or off of it. So, yeah, I've, I've got a close eye on San Antonio. Look, the Lakers, they gave their best shot of who's presently healthy for them last night. And they weren't over or able to overcome uh, the Pelicans, even with the 23-point lead spotted to them. You know, LeBron James skipped that Philadelphia game. So he had, in effect, what it was, a five or six days off. And like six, I said, they yeah. couldn't get it done. And I don't have to tell NBA fans, but Lakers have been just really poor since start of January, just thereafter. They've barely won any games. So, like I said, they've been trending downwards. That's where San Antonio is going upwards. So that's the team you've got to watch for if you're New Orleans. I've slated them the nickname the Pop Roaches because they do never go away. So that's I like that. Thing. Yeah, the Pop Roaches are definitely in full effect as they're a team that you think you'll be able to the squash, but then they, they still keep coming up and are able to try to make a playoff run. Before I let you go, Ollie, I appreciate the time on this Monday. Uh, CJ McCollum will make his return to Portland on Wednesday, a chance to see Josh Hart, even though he hasn't been playing. And, of course, that trade was, has made a huge impact on the Pelicans. From the Pelican side, and I know Larry Nance is starting to scratch the surface. We saw some bright spots from Tony Snell early on when he arrived. But what is CJ McCollum? I know this is a loaded question and very easy probably to answer. What is CJ McCollum? led to this Pelicans team since arriving not only on the court, but also his leadership off the court. You got in one package, a star, a professional a leader, um, uh, you know, a representative of the organization. It, it's just incredible what he's done in his short amount of time on the basketball court. He gives you another star alongside Brandon Ingram. So suddenly B.I. doesn't have to have and face the focus of the opposing entire, you know, the entire opposing defense. Now C.J. McCollum alleviates that because he can score bucket from anywhere on the court and get anybody else involved. And then, of course, within the locker room for the young guys, it's so important, right, to have a professional. We've heard the stories, even though fans lament some of these situations they saw Garrett Temple right, where he just really wasn't producing a court. What he was able to do off of it was huge, I think, for players, especially like Herb Jones and Trey Murphy. But I think C.J. McCollum now is able to take that to another level because he's experienced everything there is experienced in the NBA. And he can, of course, relate that to all these guys that haven't. I mean, Brandon Ingram's never even been in the playoffs. So to have C.J., who's made it eight straight times, that's going to be huge. And I think we'll see, hopefully, the benefits of that, maybe even at, at, at the end of the season, right, during the playing tournament, knock on wood, the playoffs. And then, of course, off of it, you know, the Pelicans have the president of the uh, Players Association. Nothing else needs to be said then about his character of, of being a professional on the court, but what it means to do off of it, right, on how you take care of your body, how you prepare for, you know, every game, um, eating right, sleeping right, and just how you carry yourself, right, in public or privately. So, yeah, C.J. McCollum is exactly what I think David Griffin probably wanted on his checklist for years, and he finally landed him. And I think it's going to pay off even further down the road. Once his team's fully healthy, comes together a little bit more, and those rookies grow up just a little bit more, C.J. McCollum's really going to shine with this group, and it's probably going to lead to some really great things. Absolutely. We expect a very warm welcome in Portland when he arrives on Wednesday. Should be a fun one, a needed one, too. Chance for the Pelicans to really put the Blazers to bed here as they kind of are trending in a downward direction. Ollie, I really appreciate the time. 
You can follow him on Twitter at Ollie Cosell, O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights. They do a great job covering the Pelicans on that platform. Ollie, continue the success you've had. Uh, great chatting with you before every game, at every practice. Loved having you on the podcast. We'll have to do it again when this team makes a playoff run. Absolutely, Daniel. That's a promise. There he goes. That's Ollie Cosell of the Bird Rights. A fun conversation, especially after what happened last night inside the Smoothie King Center. Props to the fans on that awesome atmosphere, a playoff-like atmosphere. Willie Green showed it, as Ollie mentioned. Everyone talked about it. CJ McCollum even said it reminded him of when the Blazers came to town in 2018, that he said this cloud, cap, crowd was as loud as ever. And a props to the fans who showed up wearing Pelicans gear, I should say inside the Smoothie King Center. You have a full week to rest and then be ready to back for two more home games left in the regular season as they'll welcome in the Portland Trail Blazers on April 7th and we'll wrap up the regular season at home on April 10th against the Golden State Warriors. Hopefully by then, things are clinched and the Pelicans are not worried about seeding or even making the playoffs. But a very tough stretch for the Pelicans as they hit the road for four games. As we mentioned, it'll start with the Portland Trail Blazers on Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central Time. So this is a chance for you to grab as much coffee as you can all week because they're all late games. Wednesday, 7 p.m. against the Blazers. Friday, 9.30 p.m. Central against the Los Angeles Lakers. 8.30 p.m. on Sunday against the Clippers. And next Tuesday, they'll wrap things up with the Sacramento Kings at 9 p.m. Central time. Of course, all of them can be heard on ESPN New Orleans with 100.3 FM or watched on Valley Sports New Orleans as Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale. We'll have the call. We'll have a couple more podcasts for you this week. Of course, Wednesday, we'll preview Blazers and Pelicans. Probably get someone on to talk about CJ McCollum in his return to Portland. But, of course, we thank you for making us a part of your day and every chance you get to listen to the Pelicans podcast. Again, big thanks to Ollie Cosell for coming on today's show. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the beautiful weather here in New Orleans. And until Wednesday, I'm Daniel Sallers, and thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.